0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, it's one day closer to Kentucky-Auburn.
1: It is. um, Great episode today with uh, Frank Fowler from SEC Network. Looking forward to that. Uh, Should be an interesting thing. Sean, is your week going by fast? Is it going by slower than normal? How's it going for you? How's time passing right now?
0: I think it's passing pretty quickly, honestly. Like, uh, you know, I got my approval for my credential to Auburn. I got that last night. Uh, It's going to be significantly different. Uh, When you look at, you know, in the past, Derek, you can go on and apply for yourself. Like you can just go into the portal and put your application in. Now they have to send you, when it's a road game, they have to actually send you a credential invite to apply. So as soon as I applied, I got immediate approval. And it tells you all the the protocol and stuff at the bottom that's going to be health screenings. I have to fill out a questionnaire Thursday, before I leave, and everything. Temperature screening in the stadium. So it it's it's different. It's significantly different. And we're going to have the same thing at UK too.
1: We will. Um, things that have to be done. Obviously, I, I don't know. I, I would assume all the fans probably as well are getting temperature checked as they go into the stadium. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's. I think that's definitely a given. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. That, that's what I'm excited about. Like I've told you, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to my hotel. I'm not going out for dinner or anything, probably do some, some takeout, something like that. I'm going to stay in the hotel, get up the next morning, go straight to the stadium, cover the game, do our show. And then I'm back on the road or getting home. So that's uh, that's the way that I'm going to treat it. And just to sort of just get an idea of what next weekend's going to be like when we cover a game at home, we're, I think we're just going to have to navigate this week by week, Derek, and see how this thing goes. It's it's definitely it's going to be weird for everyone. It's going to be weird for the players too.
1: It will be. Um, it's obviously the time we're living in. We're just thankful, I guess, that uh, there will be football this Saturday. And while we've well, got it pulled up, Sean, as we get another day closer down to a 20 percent chance of rain at all ah, so moving in the positive that'll direction. change again but yeah it's looking <laughs> like if anything it's just going to be a shower here or there nothing that's going to affect this game too much and i don't want you know i want a clean game bef- between these teams you know because i think it's got to be one of the best matchups in the league probably the country to be quite frank if it lives up to it i mean maybe it doesn't go that way you never know until the ball is kicked off but i want to see kind of good on good and there's some news come out of Auburn today. Uh, Gus Malzahn, unlike Stoops, you know, Stoops does his weekly presser on Monday. Gus Malzahn is doing his today. I haven't seen too many um, breaking, you know, nothing breaking or anything. They're getting some guys back from COVID this week. They did release a depth chart. That might be something tomorrow that we can dig into a little bit more. Um, but as it stands now, it sounds like Auburn's getting closer to full strength, whereas with UK – I don't know that, there was, that there's ever been too many guys who weren't going to be able to make the trip. But one a little bit more later because Stoops said that they'll have a test tomorrow, and then Friday they'll have a rapid test before they uh, load up and head down to Auburn.
0: Yeah, by the, by the time we talk to him Thursday, we might have a little bit clearer of a picture of what exactly is going on. But then again, things can change between Thursday and Saturday. So it's going to be a hold-your-breath thing. I will be there as uh, soon as we see rosters. I will get all that information out there, who's traveled, who hasn't traveled. Derek, we, sh- we should – that's the one advantage to going, is be able to see exactly who's on the field for warmups, and things like that. But we do have a very, very solid episode to- for you today with Frank Fowler, who is the producer of SEC This Morning. Uh, that's Peter Burns, Chris Doring Show. Jacob Hester makes some appearances on there. Uh, Frank is uh, a really knowledgeable guy. He knows SEC football, knows a lot about UK. He's been very high on Kentucky for the last few years, a guy that I've had on other shows that I host. Uh, So really looking forward to getting to Frank, but I'm also really looking forward to trivia Tuesday at the butcher's pub. So it's $2 trivia Tuesday. It's $2 domestics, 4 to 7 PM. Go out tonight, Pineville, Kentucky, Williamsburg, Kentucky for trivia and an extended happy hour. You can play solo or in teams of up to four people. Winner gets a pitcher of beer gifted to them by the awesome trivia host and a gift certificate to the Butcher's Pub. So make it out to those locations, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, one in Pondville, Kentucky. Make it out tomorrow. Wednesday is Wing Wednesday, so we're going to continually plug that because that's my favorite day at the pub. So that's the Butcher's Pub with one location in Palmville, one in Williamsburg. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook for daily deals. But we're going to take a quick break. and As soon as we return, you'll hear from Frank Fowler, the producer of SEC This Morning. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is attorney Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily, as now we're joined by Frank Fowler, who is the producer of SEC this morning. Frank, thanks for taking some time to join us.
2: Absolutely. It's exciting to be on this another uh, platform that you have, uh, one of like 2,000. So it's, uh, it's good to be doing this, man. And we're finally here at game week, so I don't, uh, I don't know how life could really be much better.
0: It's SEC football. You produce an SEC show. How does it feel to finally be in game week on a show that talks SEC football to have some matchups that are actually in some storylines going into this week?
2: Yeah, um, we're leaving For sure, because there's been multiple points throughout the summer where I felt like we weren't going to have a season. And I just – I don't think anybody really would have known what to do uh, had we not had any live games. So relieved for sure, but excited too. Um, And also appreciative of of the leadership that the conference has really taken because I think the thing that we're going to remember when we look back on this season that got us to this point was the steady leadership that Greg Sankey and the league office took to kind of just – stay with the course and, and ride out the tough spots. And while there was a lot of moments of uncertainty, I, I cannot, you know, be more, grateful to have their uh, leadership in place and I I applaud them for staying patient and not making any rash decisions and just doing um, what they thought was best which was just to wait for more information to come out um, and continue to do everything that they could to keep their student athletes safe uh, while also trying to keep as best of a commitment as they could to play and that's where we're at right now and so I'm just I'm excited and and relieved but also just grateful um, that we're able to even say that we have games coming up here in just a few days.
1: Like Sean said, thank you for coming on. Um, Mark Stoops, last week, UK head coach, went on to your show, uh, yeah. The show, and Peter Burns asked him point blank uh, if Kentucky could win the SEC, and he said, "Why not?" So, you know, that made some headlines uh, on the internet. But what did you think of the way that Stoops approached that uh, question?
2: Well, I, I think that we're at the point now, and it's 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 kind of a weird situation to be in because I think it's taken th- this long for Stoops to finally get national recognition um, from multiple outlets that are finally giving him credit for, for building the, the, the you know, program that he's created. And so that's, and that's one thing um, that I think we're, that we're really starting to realize is that the, the local media outlets that have been um, optimistic about what he's been doing are not just the only ones that are high on Kentucky, but I don't think that, you know he's as worried about his program as other head coaches are on the conference and that's because they have so much experience returning on both sides of the ball and guys you know I, i what really gets me excited about that is the fact that i do believe that they have the best offensive line in the sec i just voted and did my my media ballot and i have multiple guys that were on the first team drake jackson being one of them um Darian Kennard being another one of them. And guys that also were, I think, very worthy of being on the second team. I definitely stuck Landon Young on there. So um, he believes what he's saying. He's not just using that to to motivate his team anymore. Um, and I and I think in the past, you know, he's, he's had to be really strategic with the messaging that he's used. But I think he believes it, and I think a lot of people believe it. Um, and, and so I, that didn't surprise us at all when he said that. And I, I know that that type of thing always kind of makes – the rounds on the internet just because it's something that I guess is fairly profound. But, um, I don't, I don't think that anybody really looks at that statement anymore and says, Oh wow. You know, that's really coming out of left field. Like there's a lot of validity. There's a lot of truth to what he's saying. Um, and, and I'm just like, so excited to see what they're capable of doing this week against Auburn, but no, that didn't really catch any of us by surprise. If that's what you're wondering.
0: Frank, this has been a program. The entire time Stoops has been in Lexington that's sort of they've played with a chip on their shoulder and they've not really had to find ways to do it because somebody's always given them sort of that material. Do you look at this season, like this is still a Kentucky team that will find ways to play with that chip on their shoulder? I know the, the coaches poll had them at 20 last week and now they're outside the coaches' poll at 26. Do you do you think this is a program that's maybe growing out of that stage?
2: a little bit, but there's still some things that are being done um, that I think would cause them to approach a season with that mindset. Like, for example, Auburn should not be favored by seven points this weekend. Like, to me, that's insane and, and, and crazy. And we've been saying for three weeks on the show now to, to hammer Kentucky on that. And, it's, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that, like, you know, we, we have doubts about Auburn's team. Like, we think Auburn's really talented, but I think a lot of these people are – a little confused about the situation that we're in Jordan hair is not going to be packed like it normally is. And, um, you know, Auburn is typically known for being strong, like on both sides of the ball in terms of the line of scrimmage and their offensive line is replacing a lot of different kids. So, um, In that regard, I do think that there's going to be some motivation for sure. But, you know, they are getting some recognition and some love in these preseason media polls. Um, A lot of the national writers that kind of used to sleep on them are giving them the, the credit that they deserve. So I don't think it's at the same magnitude as it's been in the past, but I definitely think that there's still a little bit of that that exists. And quite honestly, I think Stoops loves it. Um, because anytime you have motivation like that, that you can give to your team, it's going to fuel them up and get them ready to go out and compete and play as hard as they possibly can, I think is an advantage. And so, and, and he thrives off of that. He's always kind of said, and he said it last week, we, we are always going to go out there and play with a chip on our shoulder. And I don't care what anybody has to say or what they think. That's the mentality that we're going to have. It's the mentality I've had since I got here and walked into this room. And that's the way we're going to continue to keep operating. So I think that that's always going to be um, a little bit of an internal aspect in terms of his approach. But um, I don't know if it's at the same length as it's been um, in years past. And that's a testament to the program that he's built.
1: A lot of the articles I read, some of the ones I write, and I think my personal opinion, I'd say Sean would agree with me. If there's a biggest question mark going into the season, it's probably Terry Wilson. Um, You know, the numbers for Terry here, you would – suggested I guess are good 12 and 3 as a starting quarterback however you want to take that Uh, but obviously he missed all last season basically it's been over a year since he played him coming back what do you kind of expect from him this first game and how good do you think he's gonna have to be to, to be able to beat Auburn?
2: Yeah. Well, and I, and I talked about this to Sean a couple of weeks ago. I, it would have been great to have, I believe the original opening game was supposed to be Eastern Michigan mm-hmm. and it, it would have been great to still have that game on their schedule, nothing against Eastern Michigan, but games like that where he can kind of get back into a groove and work his way back into the original form that he had been in would have been nice. Now he's got to go on the road to Auburn and, and really adapt quickly. Luckily he's been around this conference <laughs> for a little bit and, and he knows what it takes to succeed and um, be successful in the SEC so I am expecting them to pound the rock early and and kind of ease them into it I think they're going to do as much as they can to kind of work him back into this uh, as slowly as they possibly can but you know when they have to use him in situations where they're going to have him go out and run or where they're going to have him drop back and throw that beautiful deep ball that we've seen from him for a long time they're going to do it they're not going to be afraid I don't think to to unleash him because you can't go into the game with that kind of mentality Um, I know you want to keep him safe and they're doing everything that they can but the other thing that Soup's talked about last week was you know when they scrimmage they go all out and they they bring pressure from the moment they get on the field to the moment they end the practice and so that's and that's the way that it's been and Terry has had to get acclimated that. So hearing him say that I think made me feel a little bit better about where they are in terms of getting Terry acclimated to what this season is going to be like. I still have some concerns. It's an injury that can be re aggravated any minute. And, you know, you saw what happened in the NFL this past weekend. I know people want to get all fired up about the uh, conditions of MetLife Stadium. And maybe that is something that's wrong, but a lot of these guys are going down and getting injured very easily because there's been less prep time, there's been less scrimmaging, there's been less conditioning, there's been less working out. And that's just the way that this year's been. Um, so it, that type of thing does concern me a little bit and it would make me feel a lot better if we could just finally get an answer on Joey Gatewood, because you'd go into that having a little bit of an insurance policy. Uh, but we're, we're still at the point now where I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. So um, I don't expect them to really keep Terry limited throughout the entire game. I think you might see it for the first couple of series, but I, I think that they know that this is a game that they're capable of winning and they're going to unleash Terry and, and run him out there and have him do what he's capable of doing uh, as long as he's capable of doing it. And so that's, that's what I think that Stoops and Eddie Grant are going to use in terms of their approach.
0: And two, so, it's an interesting quarterback matchup it's intriguing because it's two quarterbacks that have been around the sec there are a lot of new quarterbacks in the league frank but do you feel like maybe these are two of the ones that really have to prove something you got terry who wants to prove he's healthy and then bo nix too who wants to a little bit be a little bit more of a dynamic passer in that game for auburn
2: Mm -hmm. um two very unique situations yes and i and they and they definitely have a lot to prove, but, you know, if I was to pick a situation that I'd want to be in, if I was a quarterback, I'd pick Terry because Terry's offensive line is going to be a lot better. Uh, Bo Nix, and, and he showed signs of brilliance last year, and he showed, you know, some moments where he was clearly a freshman, right? A true freshman that was getting acclimated to playing in the SEC. Um If I could have one of those situations, I would take Terry in in a second. Um, But, yeah, they're definitely both going in with a lot to prove. I think every quarterback is going into this season in the SEC with a lot to prove. The only two really around college football that – don't really have much to show for anymore are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Everybody else has got something to prove when they go out there. And so absolutely. I think that these two are going in there and and playing with a chip on their shoulder and, and showing everybody that's kind of slept on them or kind of forgot about them in Terry's case, that they are capable of playing at a high level. Um, so that's, that's going to be really intriguing to me. But, yeah, no doubt. I And that's what's going to make this game really good. I, I 100% believe that this is the best SEC game of the weekend. I wish that it was going to be on uh, the 330 game for CBS. But, unfortunately, um, you know, Kentucky's going to be kicking off at noon, which is fine. I think that's another thing that will give Stoops motivation, you know, just another thing that he needs. And uh, they'll get rolling with it. But I think it's going to be a fantastic game.
1: You talked a little bit about how you think U.K.'s offensive line is better than Auburn's. What are some of the other matchups positionally in this game that you're excited to see between Kentucky and Auburn?
2: So one thing that I think we're going to be and I don't want to say Kentucky is going to be tasked with um, but it's definitely going to be a challenge is that I do believe that Auburn's going to have a really strong defense they they have the best defensive coordinator in the conference and Kevin Steele. Uh, Their linebacking group is fantastic and their defensive line is going to be capable of bringing a lot of pressure. Now they did lose some, some talent there obviously to the NFL draft. And so I'm very interested to see how this three headed monster is going to do against um, Auburn's defensive line. And it was, it was funny, you know, I was talking to uh, a couple of my friends and they were saying the same thing, just that, you know, This game, there's so many elements to it that make it intriguing. And I also really want to see how Kentucky's wide receivers do against Auburn's secondary. Gus said earlier this week that they're still trying to figure out a few more pieces in that secondary. They have one guy, I believe, that – is going to be the bona fide starter, but there's still a few guys that they're rotating in there. So um, how Kentucky's receivers do against Auburn's secondary that's got some question marks is going to be interesting. And then how the running back crew does uh, against Auburn's defensive front that I believe is going to be really good. Matt Jones came on the show about a week ago and said he expects A.J. Rose to be the day one starter at running back, but he said something that was really intriguing to me. Um, about Chris Rodriguez, and he and he thinks that he is capable of maybe being the next Benny Snell at Kentucky. Now, Benny Snell is probably the best running back in the history of the program, but. He has the makeup and the talent to do it and is going to be one of those guys that when you see him play, you're going to be like, there's, there's a little bit of Benny in him. And so we're going to see what happens with that. Um, but I'm excited to see how the running back group does against, against Auburn's defense that Kentucky's going to be leaning on very heavily for sure.
0: You already mentioned that you think Kentucky-Auburn's the best matchup on the Saturday slate this week. Is there another matchup you're looking at, Frank, that you might have your eye on for someone that could pull an upset?
2: Sure. I think Old Miss in Florida is going to be intriguing. Um, you know, we still don't know who's going to be starting a quarterback for Old Miss. All signs are pointing to Matt Corral, though, getting the majority of the snaps at, at least as a starter. Now I, I don't think that they're just going to leave John Rice, pull on the sidelines though, and not use him. I mean, he's probably pound for pound, if not the best, one of the best athletes in the sec. His speed is incredible. So, um, I expect Florida to win that game, but I do think that Ole Miss is going to keep it close. Um, another thing I talked about with you, Sean, is that I do think that Lane Kiffin of all the first-year head coaches in the SEC is probably going to have the most success. I think Sam Pittman's going to be tasked with the challenge against Georgia. is going to be too much. Uh, I love Eli Drinkwitz, but the game against Alabama is going to be really tough. And, um, you know, I, I also think that when you look at Mike Leach and LSU, like, there's there's some things that are going to have to be worked out with that offense in terms of getting it developed. So, um, Lane Kiffin at Florida for sure I, against against Florida is going to be intriguing to me. And, and granted, it's 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 hard to implement Lane Kiffin's offense in such a quick period. But I do think that, um, you know, that one's going to be intriguing to me. And then I'd say number three are probably Mississippi State LSU, just because LSU's lost so much on both sides of the ball. And this is Mike Leach's first game coaching in the SEC. So that one, that was going to be intriguing to me. But definitely keep your eye on Old Miss in Florida.
1: Frank, I got a kind of a two-part question here for you. First, uh, you cover this league. You obviously know very much about it. Is there uh, a team that has better names than Auburn? Big Cat Bryant and yeah. Monday, I mean, yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. That's
2: I know. Um, those are those are two very good names. I mean, I would say Cavassier Smoke is a pretty good name, though. I think that uh, this might be the all name game that we're getting with uh, with Auburn and Kentucky. But yeah, that's a good point, though. Um, their their nicknames are, are are really good down there, at Auburn. And you know, I. As a Kentucky guy, I'm definitely, obviously pulling for Kentucky to win this, win this um, weekend. But I, but I'm pulling for Gus Malzahn at Auburn. I, I think Gus Malzahn, for for what he's had um, to work with and for everything that he's accomplished there, I think he gets untreated. Yeah, I think he gets treated very unfairly by uh, Auburn's fans, and and the pressure on him always seems to be in an extreme degree. And, and I've never really understood that when you consider that he's been easily the most successful coach against Alabama. No one else has done what he's done against Alabama before. Um, and he's kept Auburn in the mix. And so I, I'm pulling for him to have a good year. I, I, I really hope that Chad Morris can get everything installed, that he wants to be executed in that offense. I don't know if they're going to have it all done by, by week one, but I think by week two or three, they're going to have that offense rolling really well. Um, but, I'm, but I'm pulling for them. Obviously not this weekend, but I, I, I do hope that Auburn is capable of putting together another good year and people kind of get off Gus Malzahn's back a little bit. How do you kind of
1: see the SEC East and SEC West shaking out this season?
2: Yeah, I think the West is going to be Alabama, and it's just because I think that they have the best combination of experience and talent. Um, it's the best wide receiving – it's the best group of wide receivers in the country, no doubt. Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith are both going to be first-round picks. Um and I, and I think LSU is going to be the second-best team in the conference. But, they again, losing Jamar Chase hurts. And we still don't really know what's going on with Tyler Shelvin. His family has reached out to Coach Joe about coming back. Um, there's a couple of other guys that have left. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about them. I think Alabama right now, just because they literally are only going to have one guy not play against Missouri. And that's not because the guys opted out. It's just because of an injury. It's probably only going to keep him sidelined for a week. So, that's another storyline that's gone. <laughs> really unnoticed in the SEC is that there's been literally nobody opt out for Alabama, which is incredible in today's environment of college football. So I think that Alabama is going to win the West and the East is, is a lot tougher. To look at. Um, I'm not as high on Georgia as people are. I, I don't understand how they're ranked fourth in the country right now. That makes no sense to me. They have no quarterback cemented right now as their bona fide starter. Their defense is gonna be incredible. Um, but there's so many questions on that offense. You have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin, who didn't get a spring, who had limited time in the summer to get what we thought was going to be Jamie Newman leading that offense, but then he leaves. So I, I don't think that Georgia is the fourth best team in the country by any means right now. And I think it's going to come down to Florida and Kentucky and, um, I, I think Kyle Trask is one of those guys that has shown that he can play the game at a high level. But collectively, pound for pound, I like Kentucky's talent a little bit more than than Florida's. And I and I just I, I look at what they have on both sides of the line of scrimmage and I think Florida's got a lot of talent, but I think Kentucky inches by them just a little bit. And you're going to see a lot of the the, the national riders either pick Florida or Georgia, and that's fine. But I I do think that Kentucky has enough talent to win the East, and I think the SEC championship game is going to be in Atlanta between Alabama and Kentucky. And I'm going to stand by that – just because I, that's, that's just what I we, – we've, we've looked at this deeply enough that um, you know I, it, it's one of those things where you're going to see a lot of people that look over it and just think, oh, Florida, Georgia, those are big brand names. They'll probably always be in the hunt. If you're sleeping on Kentucky this year, that's going to be your own fault, and, and that's your own ignorance. That's what Stoop said last week, and I couldn't agree with him more on that.
0: Frank, like always, amazing stuff from you. We, we appreciate you taking some time to make your debut on Kentucky Daily.
2: Anytime, boys. I love, uh, love coming on and talking ball with you all and so happy that you're having so much success on, on this new platform and uh, keep pumping it out on social because I know that uh, people are going to be interested in listening and it's uh, only going to be a platform that grows in the future. So thank you for having me.
0: He's Frank Fowler and you're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back right after this. we started the podcast talking about Stoops and the question of why not Kentucky to win the SEC East. And Frank went ahead and gave us his prediction. He thinks Kentucky wins the SEC East. What did you think about that?
1: That's further than I would go, uh, is what I would say. I probably uh, – I'm still in Florida. I just, I just think Florida's schedule. I don't know that Florida's the most talented team in the East but I do think they have the best schedule of any team in the East, and in a shortened season like this, I do think it's an advantage to obviously not have to play as as many teams. I mean, the biggest hindrance, I think, for Kentucky, and it's, you know, Frank didn't mention it, but Kentucky has one of, if not the toughest road schedules in the country. I mean, playing at Tennessee, at Florida, at Alabama, and at Auburn, that is, that's brutal, and I don't know that Kentucky's going to be favored to win any of those games. I think to really contend, obviously they're going to have to win at least one of those games. You might even make the argument to have a winning season this year. They're going to have to win one of those games. So that's a step further than I would take it. Um, I wouldn't say it's completely ridiculous, but at the same time, I'm still going to be in the boat of somebody who's always going to say, I mean, Kentucky's taking – they're climbing the ladder. I think they're doing the things they need to do to get there. I just don't – I still think it's too early to – to say that but then again maybe in a year like this where teams maybe won't be at full strength every week maybe Kentucky's depth and kind of the continuity that's been in place for the last few years maybe that'll help it and more this year than some other years
0: and two I'll say this Frank didn't come out of left field with his prediction and praise for Kentucky it's something that he's been talking to me about for a while now he really likes this team he really likes Mark Stoops uh I definitely think Kentucky has an opportunity, but I like what you said about the road schedule. For me, Derek, if Kentucky's going to win this thing or if they're going to be in that final weekend or two contention, they have to win. Here's to me, it starts at Auburn, and then I think you got to go win at Tennessee here the first four weeks of the season. If they start 4-0 and they have both of those road games out of the way and then you've got those road games at Alabama, at Florida, if you break the schedule apart, I think we're going to know in four weeks exactly where Kentucky stands, just given when you look at the rest of the schedule, because you could go lose at Alabama and then you're all in at Florida, depending on what's happened the rest of your schedule. So that's how I look at that. I'm I'm not going to say that I think Kentucky's a real contender until I see these first three to four weeks. I want to see what it's like after that October 17th game at Knoxville. Do I think Kentucky has a chance, though? I do. I think they have a real chance to go 4-0 at that start. But they have to do some things, Derek, that they historically don't do, which is win in Knoxville. So, but that's still four weeks away. It starts with Auburn. This is one that we talked, we've talked about this for months now that the matchup at Auburn sets the tone for how the rest of the schedule plays out. It even, even more so now that it's the opening game of the season.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, If they were to win these first four games, and I mean, everything's possible. I mean, at that point, like, if they win these first four, you're looking, if you're a fan, you're probably expecting no worse than eight wins, right? I wouldn't think. I mean, if you get those two out of the way. Um, In my mind, I try to think of a number UK needs to hit this year to win the SEC East. I mean, because I can't imagine Florida or Georgia loses more than, what would you say, two, maybe three at the most.
0: One of those teams is going to lose three. I just don't know which one it is. I, I feel like that one will lose three. If you gave me a pick right now, I would tell you Georgia, just because they they draw Alabama, uh, yeah. Florida. Their schedule is significantly tougher than Florida's. The only way though that I think it comes down that Kentucky wins the league is they probably have to beat Florida.
1: Yeah.
0: And get and get the head-to-head tiebreaker because I could now I could see a scenario where Florida has three losses if one of them is Kentucky
1: you could get into some weird tiebreaker scenarios because I don't think seven and three, I mean, certainly not impossible. I've got UK just, I mean, I know some people are picking seven and three, I'll pick them six and four. So it's not a big difference between those. If you could get into some kind of scenario where, you know, that might not be too far off from winning the league in a year like this, but I would agree with you on that. I think Georgia's, I think Georgia talent wise is probably still the best for sure in the East, but, You get Alabama, and I think they play – I could be totally wrong on this because I've not really looked at the schedule since we went over it last month or whatever, but I want to say they play Tennessee, Auburn, and Alabama all before their bye week. Could be wrong, like I said, Uh, and maybe even Kentucky too because I know Kentucky and Georgia played a little bit earlier this year. So they might be a team that down the stretch their schedule eases up a little bit, so if they're a team that can kind of maintain – and. Not take too many losses early. They might be in the driver's seat towards the end. But, you know, obviously the big games this year, I would say, you know, those top four teams in the East, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida, all those head-to-head matchups are going to be really important for all those teams.
0: So, Georgia, here's how their schedule shakes out. And it's – we're going to know by the time they take their bye week exactly where they stand. So, obviously, they start with Arkansas. But then you have a four-game stretch here, Derek, that they host Auburn they host Tennessee they're on the road at Alabama and then it's Kentucky on the road and then it's a bye week and then they play Florida that's a five game stretch there that, that it's it's brutal honestly that's i mean
1: tough stretch in the, in the conference
0: Tennessee Tennessee Georgia's the one team out of the east powers that Tennessee has been able to beat even those years that's the one they've beaten the most they haven't beaten Florida So, you never know. I mean, Tennessee's beaten them a couple of times in the last six years. I don't know how that shakes out. Who knows with Auburn? How how big would it be if Kentucky beats Auburn and then Auburn turns around and beats Georgia in the second week? And it's very (laughs) doable in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Georgia's got some issues to work out. And it's good for them that they can start with Arkansas. Um, But after that, though, it goes kind of zero to 100 quickly because you're not going to be able to ease into things against some of these teams that are going to be playing do you have florida's schedule pulled up
0: i wonder. to do florida
1: kind of as a cake well, really well, through the league.
0: one more thing i want to add to georgia's schedule if georgia if georgia starts fast they're winning the east because the back end of their schedule they're at missouri they host mississippi state they're at south carolina and they host vandy so if they start fast and they don't Lose more than a, a game or two right there early, then they put themselves in position to win the league or win win the division. But Florida's schedule—they uh, obviously start with Ole Miss uh, on the road, and then they host South Carolina, and then you got back-to-back dates at Texas A&M and home versus LSU. I don't know. Like right now, probably. I would pick right now. I would pick Florida to to win the LSU game. I think A&M would be the tougher one of the two given it being on the road. I mean, Jimbo Fisher is now in a point to where he needs something to hang his hat on there, and that would be a big opportunity for them to get a win. But then it's Missouri, but then you get Florida, and then Arkansas, Vandy, before they play Kentucky and Tennessee to close the season. I think Tennessee in December is intriguing with that matchup late in the year. So I don't know. It's it's hard. Clearly, it's one of these things where – like any year, you just have to take care of your own business and let everything else sort of play out. But it's going to be interesting to follow. But I still think by the time we get four games in, we'll know where Kentucky stands with this.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the good news is you're going to see, like you mentioned with Georgia, I mean, it'll be a very clear probably – I think it's kind of a good thing. I mean, because it could set up a pretty intriguing race. I guess if you're U.K., you're hoping for some Georgia losses early. And – that makes a fast start for UK all the more important Um, but I don't know I think expectations are going to change it's like any season things change week to week I mean I think worst case UK is two and two after those first four weeks if that's the case you know I think probably expectations of winning the league um, go by the wayside and at that point you're just trying to continue that upward momentum Um, I guess last question I have for you Sean and we can wrap this up but if UK does go two and two with losses to Auburn and Tennessee, would, would that be? Do you say it's disappointing, or how would you think that that will be taken by the fan base?
0: I wouldn't label it disappointing, just because I mean they'd have to do something historically that they haven't done since the 80s, win in Knoxville, and then I think it all depends on how those games are played. Are they competitive? Do they have a chance to win, and yeah. things like that? Because I still think that they can have a six-win season if they, even if they start out two and two. I think they could still manage to get that point. I break it up in this, and this is how we'll end the show. I look at the schedules: the first four games, and then the middle two games, and the final four. If Kentucky goes four and and0 to start the year, one and one in those two games versus Missouri, Georgia, and then they go three and one to close the year, they, they give that's an eight win season. So then they're in the ballpark, but that's asking a lot, Derek. I, I still I predict this team to win seven games. I have them going seven and three. We'll just have to see how this plays out. But this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. As always, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with an Auburn scouting report tomorrow, Derek. Uh, Looking forward to that. But we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Nobody builds 5G.